0: This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Yes, here I am, back from something of a vacation last weekend. It, I guess I wouldn't call it a vacation. There was actually a good amount of work to do, so it wasn't too relaxing. You know, it wasn't relaxing beyond belief, but it was enjoyable nonetheless. As I mentioned in the previous pod, I said, and I mentioned to y'all, that I got to go to a wedding recently one of my best friends who I've known since I don't know I'm 6 years old so about 20 years that I've known this guy and his family I went to his wedding and I got to be one of the groomsmen I got to be in the party and got to say that was fantastic it was incredibly amazing and I'm still still beaming about it it's a great experience to be able to see you know such a lifelong friend taking the next step in his life and moving forward it's great so but with that in mind I'm going to go into some quick details about, you know, what we did and the topic of this pod, or this uh, segment. How to recover from vacation. So, what did we get to do? I got to leave Thursday morning, fly out to Tampa Bay, Florida, and as soon as I got there, I was tasked with finding the party van. Not finding it, but really going and getting it. And, you know, I went with my roommate. He and I got to go get the the van, and that took a little longer than we wanted it to, but, you know, that was the chore we had to do for the day. Go get it, sign the paperwork, and get back to the hotel so that we could pick up the other uh, 16 guys. Maybe it was 15, something like that. That's how big the bachelor party was. So we shoved everybody into a van, and then we drove an hour, hour and a half through traffic in Tampa Bay to get to Topgolf. And if I haven't gotten into Topgolf yet, explaining what that is... I'm going to go and do it right now then. It's a, it's like a two, three-tiered kind of building with uh, um, golf tees. Just like you go to a driving range, except here, you got kind of targets out there, out there on the fairway that you try to get the balls in. And as soon as you hit them, there's like a tracking system. And if it goes into the target, it goes into the computer and lets you know, hey, you made it. So basically, it's just a driving range with scores and different kind of games you can play and food and booze. And lots of good fun. So we got three different bays for all the different guys that we had, you know. So we just played there for hours. Plenty of beer to go around, (laughs) let me tell you. And lots of good food. And we all had a good time. It was nice to meet everybody. And then Friday, we got to go to the beach for a little bit before we had to return the van and then get ready for the rehearsal dinner and do some decorating and some other prep and make sure we all had our suits and our bow ties and all this other stuff. And the next thing we knew, it was Saturday, time for the wedding. And then it was time for the party, you know, the reception. And then it was Sunday, and oh my gosh, time to go home. So that blew by real quickly. Too much fun. Almost too much fun to handle. So, the point here. How the heck do you recover from that? Having such a great weekend, taking time off of work, but then having to get back into the daily grind, you know, Monday morning. What do you do? It's hard. It's a first world problem. But after all, if you're listening to this, chances are you're in the first world. So, it applies to you. I'm happy to say, I think I found a solution. So, about a year ago, I wrote an article on bonfirethoughts.com, How to Recover from Vacation. Brilliant title, obviously. I touched on it, you know, in another episode with Chris, the guy who got married back in the day. And I feel like it's worth bringing up one more time. I just want to emphasize this because I had to do these things myself in order to get back into the groove of things. Here are the three things that I do when I get home to try to get back into the swing of things. Number one, do one productive thing. Obviously, vacation is about taking it easy and avoiding work. So when vacation is over and it's time to come home, I shoot to do just one useful thing, like doing laundry or going to the grocery store. It's far less stressful than tackling a big to do list and it helps me ease back into that work mode. Okay, so one productive thing. Do the laundry that's in your bag. You know, you just use that whole weekend, say, All right, I'm gonna take this out, shove it in the dryer or the washer, and then shove it in the dryer. Do that. That is doable. It's not stressful, it's easy, and it is work. It has to be done. Number two, bring home a little piece of that vacation. Find a little nugget of vacation and then implement it into your life. On my vacations, I usually find some quiet reading time or some quiet coffee time, which didn't happen this time. And I'll just sit there with my coffee and listen to music. Yeah, that didn't happen this time. Every day now, I make an effort to slow down and get some of this. To stay positive and upbeat, find ways to take some vacation home with you. Okay, me, uh, I drank a lot. Met a lot of good people, witnessed a wedding, and played Top Golf, and went to the beach. I can't do any of that except maybe Top Golf because there is one here in Dallas, but that's on the other side of town, and I don't want to go by myself, and it's actually pretty hard to do that on a weeknight. So I can't really take a part of the, that quote unquote vacation I just had in Florida. I can't take it home with me. I can take the attitude, though, you know, the appreciation of the people in my life and living in the moment that is what i did this weekend for sure if someone said hey andrew we need to decorate we need to clean this up can you go run this aaron do this or do that i'd say sure why not i don't care that'd be great i'd love to that was that's living in the moment because then when it was over you'd say all right now it's time for a party now it's time to go do this now it's time to go do that there was always something to do and lots of fun definitely lots of fun and number three the obvious one get some freaking sleep Pretty self-explanatory. Your body's been on vacation, and work will not be forgiving if you're exhausted, so give it the rest it needs for you to work. That's it. Three simple things to help jump back right into the saddle of life. So, there you have it. From the words of Bonfire Thoughts. How to recover from vacation. Sleep is also something that is very elusive. I certainly need more. And I'm here for you, ladies and gentlemen. I am here at the studios recording this podcast foregoing sleep in order to do this. I mean, it is only 7.45, but yeah, who cares? That's splitting hairs. We're not talking about that. I'm just saying. I need sleep. And my voice is cracking because I'm so tired. <laughs> but I'm here. And I'm happy to do this now. Uh, doing the Bonfire Podcast is always a blessing. Always good fun. So, there you have it. A good uh, wedding weekend with a friend and a couple, a few ways to recover from vacation, and I think that's something we can all, you know, try to seriously take to heart, Um, if you're lucky enough to have a vacation, because not everybody is, so even if you get, you know, a three-day weekend, you know, take full advantage of that, if you're going to the beach, going to a friend's house, or you're just sleeping in, whatever the hell it is you're going to do for your vacation, you know, take full advantage of it. And then realize, all right, well, when it's time to come back to work, I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be brutal. So mentally prepare yourself for that and do those three things. Get some sleep, take a little of that vacation back home with you, and, ugh, what's the first one? <laughs> oh, my God. Do I have to look this up? Let me look this junk up. All right. Just clicking away here. And let's go to the history. Yeah, see, this is what happens when you write something that's a year old, you forget it. So I need to take my own piece of advice. Do one productive thing. There it is. Uh, How about remember what you wrote? Do one productive thing. Take home a little piece of that vacation and get some sleep. So I think I will actually take my own advice of that and run off right now.
0: This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network On Demand. This is The Bonfire on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog.
1: I found this just fascinating article on New York Times the other day. And I guess I shared it um, maybe a couple weeks ago on the Bonfire Facebook page. One minute of all out exercise may have benefits of 45 minutes of moderate exertion. Obviously, I saw that and I said, uh, I'm going to click on that. So, Let's see here what Gretchen... I was about to say Carlson. What Gretchen Reynolds has to say here. She says, One minute of arduous exercise was comparable in its physiological effects to 45 minutes of gentler sweating. Hmm, okay. She says, I've been writing for some time about the potential benefits of high-intensity interval training, a type of workout that consists of an extremely draining but brief burst of exercise, essentially a sprint, followed by light exercise such as jogging or resting, then another sprint more rest, and so on. Okay. Athletes rely on intervals to improve their speed and power, but generally as part of a broader weekly training program that also includes prolonged, less intense workouts such as long runs. And she goes on to say that there have been all these studies over the years, and no one's been able to really, you know, kind of answer these questions of, well, is this interval training really good? Is it comparable to your typical workout where everyone's expecting, oh, you have to go to the gym you got to be there for 30 minutes, 45, or an hour, and you have to have moderate stress or usually some pretty intense stress, you know, the whole time, and that's how you really train and get better and make your body grow and improve. She says, there haven't been any studies yet that have really definitively narrowed anything down. So she says, well, there were some scientists at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, who conducted all this kind of training, you know, using control groups and everything, and here is what she says. They began by recruiting 25 out-of-shape young men and measuring their current aerobic fitness and as a marker of general wealth, their body's ability to use insulin properly to regulate blood sugar levels. They also biopsied the man's muscles to examine how well their muscles functioned at a cellular level. Okay? So, they had people who uh, didn't change their routine. They had the people who then did the uh, interval training. And she says here, here's what they did. The volunteers warmed up for two minutes on stationary bicycles, then pedaled as hard as possible for 20 seconds, rode at a very slow pace for two minutes, sprinted sprinted all out again for 20 seconds, recovered with slow riding for another two minutes, pedaled all out again for another 20 seconds, then cooled down for three minutes. The entire workout lasted 10 minutes, with only one minute of that time being strenuous. Yes. 20 seconds, take a break. 20 seconds, take a break. 20 seconds, take a break. You're done. There's your workout. Yep. <laughs> These dudes had a 10-minute workout, and only 60 seconds of it was pedaling as hard as they could. Okay, that's, that's just a bike, but, you know, let's go with the study here and see what they found. And the second group was, the, you know, the typical endurance workout routine where they did a moderate pace on a stationary bicycle for 45 minutes with a 2-minute warm-up and a 3-minute cool-down. Okay, so the only thing that has changed between the second group and the third group is, you know, the, uh, the actual exercise. They both had a two-minute warm-up, and they both had a three-minute cool-down, you know, when they were done with the set. Group two rode for 45 minutes at a moderate pace. Group three just, you know, pedaled as hard as they could for 20 seconds, and then cooled down for two minutes, rode really hard for 20 seconds, cooled down for two minutes, and rode one more time, really hard, 20 seconds, and then cool down for three, you're done. So, what did they find? Something pretty, <laughs> pretty insane. They did this for 12 weeks, and that's apparently the longest amount of time that they've spent on a study. So, they did it with uh, over 25 different men, randomly selected them, um, all out of shape, and they did it for 12 weeks. So, it seems like it could be a pretty good study, pretty trustworthy. By the end of the study, published in plus one, whatever the hell that is. The endurance group had ridden for 27 hours, while the interval group had ridden for six hours, with only 36 (laughs) minutes. 36 minutes. (laughs) At that time, being strenuous. Wow. 30 minutes of strenuous exercise. Okay, what did they find? They retested the men's aerobic fitness, muscles, blood sugar control, they found that the exercisers showed virtually identical gains, whether they had completed the long endurance workouts of 27 hours or the short, grueling intervals of only 6. In both groups, endurance had increased by nearly 20%. Insulin resistance, likewise, had improved significantly, and there were significant increases in the number and function of certain microscopic structures in the men's muscles that are related to energy production and oxygen consumption. Okay, so all-around healthy results. They grew, they got better, could breathe more easily, all that good stuff. There were no changes in health or fitness evident in the control group, okay? They were the ones who, you know, continued doing their own thing. The upshot of these results, she says, is that three months of concerted endurance or interval exercise can notably and almost identically improve someone's fitness and health. Neither approach to exercise was, however, superior to the other except that one was shorter, much, much shorter, So she asks, is that reason enough for people who currently exercise moderately or not at all to begin interval training as their only workout? Quote, unquote, it depends on who you are and why you exercise, said Martin Gibala, Gibala, a professor of kinesiology at McMaster University who oversaw the study. All right. Gretchen, what are you telling us? She is telling us that someone like me, who used to have time and used to enjoy working out is now just absolutely too exhausted at the end of the day to go to the gym. But this bad boy, this study, this article from the New York Times tells me I can get in the car, drive to the gym, get on a stationary bike, for example, warm up for two minutes, pedal really hard for a total of 60 seconds, you know, with some brakes interlaced, and then have a three-minute cool down. Boom. Workout is done, finito for the day. If I do that for three months, I would have made, you know, more than likely, the same results, the same improvements as some other schmuck who goes to the gym, warms up for two minutes, pedals for 45, and then cools down for three. So there you have a 10-minute workout versus uh, an hour workout. I don't have an hour in my evenings. I don't have the energy to keep going for 45 minutes at a moderate pace. Hell, I don't even have the energy to do 45 minutes of an easy pace, going slowly. When I'm done, I'm mentally dead at the end of the day. So, you know, sometimes if I'm bursting with energy, that's why it's good to go to the gym. You can burn it all off. Frequently, though, I have no energy. But if someone were to come to me and say, Andrew, look, just go to the gym tonight for 10 minutes and do these. Get on the bike. I think that can apply really to any other, ex- uh, any other exercise. Why don't you just go over to the weights? And, I mean, it's not really a good idea to try to, you know, curl, pump the iron, bench press as quickly as you can. I don't think you're really going to get a lot of results out of that. What's more important there is control of the free weights, you know. But the idea of a, a two-minute warm-up, kind of warm-up, and then push yourself really hard. So I guess for dead weights, hey, maybe you could just uh, try to lift as much as you possibly can for 20 seconds see how far you can get see how many reps you can do Then you cool down with some lighter weights and you're like okay i can do this oh this is easy this is good and then boost it up really high and try to pack on all the weight again and say all right how far can i go and then ease off a little bit again and throw it right back on and then cool down who knows this idea though of interval training of saying hey look you only need to be in the gym for a fraction of the time So this applies to everybody who says, hey, I just don't have time. I just don't have the energy. Well, now, shoot, you just need 10 minutes of energy. Even I could do that. And I'm actually really tempted now to go to the gym and test it out. I want to see if I have the energy for that. You know, I don't know if I can measure three months, what kind of a difference it's made, but I'd feel better. You know, you always feel better after the gym. You think, oh, that was good. I'm glad I went. The hardest part is getting in the car and driving there and taking that first step. If the first step I know is only a 10-minute workout, I can do that. I think we can all do that. So thank you, Gretchen Reynolds from New York Times, in your op-ed here, for telling us about this great study that says we can get the same results at a fraction of the time. And in today's world, time is money. But here on Bonfire, time is time. And you use it for fun, you use it for sleep, and you use it for experiences. Okay? It's not about saving money. It's about saving time so you can do other things with your life. Life is short. And you shouldn't be a gym rat. I see people who are in the gym, and they're absolutely ripped. And I think, okay, what do you do with your life? You have your day job, and then you're probably here, and that's it. And then in between, you're stuffing your face, taking loads of protein. Some of them are probably taking steroids, and then hopefully you're getting good nights of sleep. I'm assuming you are because your body is recovering and you're still growing. Okay. Not everybody wants that kind of life. I don't think anybody should have that kind of life. There's more to life than you just blowing yourself up at the gym because let me tell you in a second it could be over you could be dead and literally that's all gone wasted forever done whereas if you do more productive things with your time you spend time with people you'll have great memories and you'll die a happy person you'd say hey if I die today shoot okay I'm okay with that because I've led a great life I've helped a lot of people I've seen many things I've experienced it all Versus the idiot who says, You, um, I, I've been to the gym. That's where I've been. You know, I, I can bench 5,000 pounds. Shut up, John. Don't go to the gym because you feel you have to work out there for an hour. Do what Gretchen here says do those intervals. See if you can whip out a 10 minute exercise and see what kind of results you get. I say, Go for it.
0: This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Box Sexton. they read the platforms, they read some of the newspapers, you know, some idea, they kind of had a... That's it.
2: There wasn't any of this. Now, the, as I've said, the the charismatic figure has a huge advantage over the list. And I think that this is, I mean, our our media culture is a huge part of it now.
0: Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Bonfire. On Demand. On the Blaze radio network here 's your host Andrew Herzog
3: and so you 're headed to New York
1: all right, yeah, so uh, those of you who are listening in the past couple of segments know like that I am going race. to New York, and when I decided to mention this to some coworkers, one of them in particular decided to bitch about it, and so i 've invited them on mm-hmm. to explain themselves. They used to live there they 've been there for years, and now they 're going to go over some details mm-hmm. about. Why I chose to go to New York City, Manhattan, for vacation and why they find that so unheard of. Keith, we have Keith Malinek here first to explain himself.
3: I thought I had an ally. I thought that I was asking Jeffy to be a part of this so that we could bitch together. But it turns out that um, I'm going to be humbled here, apparently, for my take on New York City, which I've got plenty to say.
2: You may be humbled, but I just want to say that uh, my part of this was you're going to New York for a vacation? Yes. I can't imagine that. Why would you do that? That's just dumb. first of all, I mean that that's why Keith has an ally there. Why is Thank it you. Dumb? Why would you?
1: I mean, you need to explain that first before I explain why I'm going like, there. That's almost like
2: now is the t- actually and and when I say it out loud, maybe now is the time to go before De Blasio actually ruins it all. <laughs> like you should have gone into Iraq just before Saddam Hussein was <laughs> get, was taken out. That was the time to go there. Yeah. So that, but. That or having Cuba been said, before the Castro's got right. there. Right. That having been said, why I don't? It makes it's Manhattan. It's we, I used to take the train in and out of that city, and I don't take the Subway train. and taxis. And mm-hmm. if you lived in New York, you'll take the train. Don't look down on you. I don't take the train. <laughs> I, I do, don't it's it's take exactly the train. exactly why I don't
1: live there. I don't have to. I was born and raised in the South, so I'm not used to some mm-hmm. big ass city like Manhattan where. Everything is so compact, and there's so much to eat, and there's so much to do. I, so to right. me, I'm going I, I will, I'll give you an example,
2: and then I'll turn it over to Keith so he can give his examples of why, in God's name, you want to go to uh, Manhattan for uh, a vacation. I guess you know, I guess people do. I don't know why. Uh, we'll, I will find out from you why you wanted to go, mm-hmm. but I'll, I will give you an example of I brought my son uh, into Manhattan. Which one? Uh, my oldest son. Oh, okay. uh, my kids loved it because they you know, they're little, but my oldest son... Uh, came into Manhattan and uh, we walked around the city and went all year. did Did all the New York things, mm. did all the New York touristy things that mm. that you do when you go into New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Thanks, because I'll never be back to this god awful <laughs> hole again."
0: That's right.
2: That's which right. It really ended up being not true since he was drafted by Boston, so he had to go into Boston, which he hated. East Coast cities, he hated.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, um, East Coast cities, yeah. a lot of people like to lump in the entire Eastern Seaboard in and, and that definition, and that's just not accurate, um, because I, in 2009, uh, we moved to New Jersey, New York, you know, to work for Glenn up in Manhattan, and we moved from the greatest city on earth, Charleston, South Carolina. Of course. So technically an Eastern Seaboard city, but not quite, because the people there are awesome. Um, The beaches. This is the thing. See, we were so spoiled moving from Charleston to the New York, New Jersey area. In New Jersey, they charge you to go to the beach, to park at the beach, to use these inferior, nasty, uh, toxic waste-covered beaches. In Charleston, it's free to park, free beach access. You have to pay to get i got to make that clear. You're going to have to pay to go to a beach that sucks, Andrew, so have fun with that. The, the beaches are pristine in Charleston. Yes, you have something to say, sir? Go ahead.
2: This message brought to you by the South Carolina Vacation Bureau. Thank you. Um,
1: Travel board of Charleston, South Carolina.
3: So in, in, in New Jersey, you're going to have to interact with people, I'm afraid. I mean, if you could get up there and enjoy yourself and be free of human contact, then you
1: might enjoy yourself. But I'm just staying in Manhattan. We're not going stay in to Jersey. Okay. Never so been to have Jersey, to and about, I don't want to go to oh, Jersey. There's no
3: humans in Manhattan. You don't have to worry about... New Jersey nice. So
1: Yeah, no I don't. Okay, cuz that's a Nor that, the beaches. That's a
3: phrase Carrie and I coined dealing with people up there. They they have no idea they're being complete jerks. They're just being New Jersey nice. Yeah. Anyhow. Understandable. So um Jeffy had a uh, he had a thing on uh, was it Facebook? You had the Fisher Files? How about your experiences on the transportation system. Oh, yeah, life in the
2: trainage.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So let's talk about uh, some of the ways to commute into the city. I looked this up for you, Andrew. I actually did research for you, okay? Oh, okay. Wow. At, at present. Most research on this show before. So, so be careful when you go into the city. And I'll just tell you right now, if you're listening on this podcast, Andrew doesn't realize this, but he's actually going to have to break up this interview. It's going to be so long and so therapeutic. It's going to cover hmm. the next month's worth of his show. Yep. So um, I'm giving you a lot of good stuff here. No, I looked this up. Uh, the current price to get into the city via tolls, Okay. Um, so if you're in just a regular car, it's going to cost you 16 bucks to get
2: in. That's like if you were just, say, let's, for example, driving up uh, 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you decided, hey, I'm going to go drive into New York City, into
3: Manhattan. Mm.
2: That's only $16? It's,
3: only, it's a, quite a bargain, right? Because if you're in a big rig, I went to the extreme here. So it's $16 is the minimum it's going to cost you to get into that crap hole island. <laughs> and the most it's going to cost you, if you're driving a big rig, I don't know how you're getting in there, mm-hmm. 126 bucks. So if you're running a small business, that's a cash thing. That's not the wow. toll. But 126 How do you operate that's a business?
2: That's not the tolls. When That's not the tolls. That's, that's just, just coming the across br- the bridges. I think that was,
3: I forget which bridge that
2: was. Just coming across the bridges? Yes. Oh um,
3: my God. It's, it's unbelievable. It's insane. In fact, when I interviewed for the job in 2009, I went up there to meet with Glenn and and I will never forget. And he was so correct. The cabbie goes, "Eh, good luck with your interview." There's three things on this island: you got bricks, you got garbage, and you got cops. That's all you got. <laughs> I mean, that sums it up. So I hope you have fun, Andrew. So have fun there. Take take plenty of pictures.
2: What are you What are you going to do? Are you doing the regular tourist things? I mean, like the Statue of
1: Liberty, the World Trade Center, the right. 9/11 Memorial. Mm-hmm. So I've been to New York uh, a handful of times, sometimes for work and sometimes for fun. So what did I do? I would wander around. I would just go into Irish pubs, look for places to eat and drink. And then I'd walk down all the way to the 9-11 Memorial. Mm-hmm. I'd stay in Midtown, and I would just walk back and forth all day, every day. And one time I did take a cruise on the Hudson just to see everything at night, you know, whatever. How'd that smell? It was fine. I didn't mm-hmm. smell anything. This was <laughs> This was during, like... The spring months when it's the summer months, a I working. know exactly. Yes, okay. when there's a breeze, it's fine. When it's the summer and it's hot, uh-huh. yes, it smells like crap. Oh, I haven't even. Gotten I understand that. I that. Go for a nice walk uh,
2: when you're walking around the island uh, on the days that uh, they're there to pick up trash. And they haven't picked it up yet. Say like oh, they I don't must know, not have Monday morning. Uh, there's just piles oh, of morning. trash, smelling and stinking. Yes. <laughs> and and wait s- a minute. There was a around.
3: there was a garbage man strike when we were there. I <laughs> forgot about that, and it was everywhere, and it reeked. And in oh. fact, in fact, you can Google this. More research for you. Some baby or somebody, like, I I don't know if some guy tried to kill himself or whatever and accidentally landed in a pile of garbage. Somebody landed in garbage.
2: That was a TV show.
3: No, no. Somebody landed in garbage (laughs) and because of the strike didn't die. But (laughs) I want you to listen. Be careful getting into taxi cabs, okay? Or
1: what about Uber? I take Uber. That's why.
3: Uh, Uber wasn't around when I was there. So here's what happened, okay? okay? So, So my wife and our three kids and her friend and her friend's kid, We're all going to the 9-11 Memorial, okay? So it worked out that a cab pulled up, and so my oldest child, uh, my wife's friend and my wife's friend's kid, those three people got into a yellow taxi cab, ended up going down to the 9-11 Memorial and experiencing that for themselves. My wife and I, with our other two kids, and I can't remember, I wish she were here to defend herself, but uh, I'm going to say I did. One of us... Flag down another cab. It wasn't yellow. I think it was black. Didn't say much on it, if anything. And uh, anyway, so we get into this cab and the traffic is bumper to bumper. And finally, after about a block, I give up and I'm like, I'm just, let's get out right here. You know, I reach in my wallet to give the guy a five. Okay. Apparently I had a 20 in there that I didn't realize. I literally ended up giving some guy, not a cabbie, just some private citizen who thought, hey, this would be fun. i can get some free cash here. Give him a 20 to go literally about 30, 40 feet in Manhattan. <laughs> Never to this day got to the 9-11 memorial. Um, but uh, transportation. I'm sorry, what? You got something to say over there? Why didn't you all
2: get in the same
0: cab? We couldn't fit. <laughs> it was
3: a little We couldn't fit, Jeffy. Oh,
2: my gosh. Look, can I tell you something? That Stu Uh Uh Regear, Dan Andros, and myself all lived in Pennsylvania. So we a lot of times took the same train into Manhattan every day, Uh which came into Penn Station. Mm -hmm. We used to come out of Penn Station and hail down a cab. I sat in the front of those small cabs like you'd wave down a cab and the cab would go, yeah, come on. And then you'd have all three of us get in. Well, and you'd, I'd sit in the front. I'd make him move his stuff on uh-huh. the front where he had all his stuff and sit in there, He'd be squeezed in next to the meters. That's good. And he, they you most must of have, the time were unhappy, but they did it. You, must have, did
3: had a, you must have had a cool. I don't know. We had five, seven people. With kids. <laughs> seven seven, seven in your people in the crack. memorial. Oh, um, that, that part right there where I just pegged your meters on the audio level there. You'll want to come back and uh, mute that a little bit there. Uh, but uh, uh, the point I wanted to make here, because you brought up uh, riding the trains, oh my gosh, scariest moment ever. This is New Jersey, so you, you can not worry about this. Yes, yeah. But New, Newark Penn Station, there's New York Penn Station that right. you'll be quite familiar with, right? And there's Newark Penn. So Newark Penn, you remember we have to, you and I came in and we had to switch trains, right? Did you used to have to go down that, that uh, stairwell? There's a narrow stairwell.
2: I know of what you speak. I did not take that particular okay. train.
3: So in order for me to get into work, I had to change trains right. because it's so convenient at Newark yeah. And so you come off of the platform, and then five thousand people in the sea of humanity have to squeeze into this stairwell. It's not wide, and and there's like and just keep this in mind. This will be very important in a moment. And like I said, it's going to take three podcasts. Mm. There's a little window <laughs> in the stairwell. Okay? Just keep that in mind. Okay. It faces east. Mm. You're going to want to file that one away. Okay. So as me and the rest of the uh, uh, rush hour crowd are headed to the stairwell to go downstairs to connect our train to Manhattan, I kid you not, right in front of me, a guy takes a backpack off of his shoulder. That guy is of the Middle Eastern persuasion. He sits the backpack down. He falls to his knees right in front of me at the bottom of the stairs as it turns, goes around. To pray eastward. I have never walked so fast since I was a freshman in high school trying to get to lunch first in my life. Because And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I'm about to hear an explosion. I'm about to hear an explosion. This guy, oh. So um, it's a fun place. New York, New Jersey. And just uh, so wait, be you on just, your toes. You
1: decided to walk away from this guy. Yeah. Not run, show yeah. people out of sea the way. See you humanity. See you humanity. There's
2: too many people to run. Okay. And it's interesting that you would it's so easily profile. Oh.
3: That's all I do, people. I profile. Well, and that's that why I'm still alive humanity to this day.
1: in New York, you'd think it'd be a little harder to mm-hmm. find now, a particular...
3: I, I will say, yeah, Jeffy, Jeffy will be with me on this one. I'll have an ally on this one. Never go into work on Saturday. Well, unfortunately, Jeffy does that now. But as a yes, general rule, can, can, I, can I get an amen? Just don't go. Yes. And nothing good happens.
2: Yes, but I'll give you some examples <laughs> of when I moved into New Jersey for a summer at, uh, in, in the fine city of Weehawken, Oh, you were in which Weehawken? was right across from Manhattan and yeah. at the very beginning of the Lincoln Tunnel. So it's almost like you never left the city, but you did. But it's the last bus stop. Mm-hmm. I used to take the bus. It was the last bus stop before you got into Manhattan to the bus station. So I just hopped the bus for one ride through the tunnel into Manhattan. And I used to go into the city on the weekends. And I have some great Saturday Glenn Beck studio mm-hmm. home weekend stories in Manhattan. But general rule mm-hmm.
1: no Saturday.
3: No Saturday. So,
1: wait, so far we've covered tolls. Tolls? We've covered don't work on a Saturday. Right. And don't, don't go to Jersey. Weehawken, New Jersey is beautiful this time oh, of year. It,
3: as
2: oh, as okay. is Perth
1: oh.
3: Amboy, where I spent about sure. five months
1: oh, oh,
3: renting a, a looking room. Over
2: the on the
3: river,
1: coast.
2: to see Manhattan oh, every night.
1: And yes. don't get on the subway. Well, guess what? None of those apply to me. So, yeah, you get no. to get to anything about Manhattan. Oh, we're going to. I'm we're gonna. flying to LaGuardia. Yeah. I'm taking an Uber all the way into Manhattan, mm-hmm. where our Midtown Hotel is. And mm-hmm. we're staying on Manhattan Island the whole time until I leave Wednesday. And I fly out of LaGuardia. So I am going nowhere. Uh I'm not taking the subway. I am walking everywhere in plain view, in public, in the air, where there is a breeze. Two things. Eating food and drinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you better hope there's a breeze, brother. (laughs) Have (laughs) a great time. I got two things to say, okay? All right.
3: Uh, Number one, I predict that your Uber coming and going will reek. That's number one. Okay. Okay. Number two... When I went to work on this uh, particular Saturday, uh, a gentleman came up to me. You talk about being in public. Nobody cares. It's Manhattan. I'm walking <laughs> along minding my own business. And the reason I pointed it out that it's a weekend is because I didn't have my typical routine with my headphones on where I can shut out that godforsaken island. And this guy comes up to me, and I did not see him. In fact, I believe that my, yep, my right eardrum still ringing to this day comes right up into my ear and goes, Because I said so, motherfucker!
1: For what?
3: Dude was (laughs) mentally disturbed, clearly. I don't know who he was. I don't know who he was, who he thought he was talking to. But uh, the point is, enjoy uh, hobnobbing there on the island. Well, Um, okay,
1: I will. I will, because I've never had any of these experiences so far with New York. I've been able to wander around Mm -hmm. by myself, Mm -hmm. but now I'm going to have roommates with me we're gonna go eat we're gonna eat a uh, drink we're gonna maybe go to staten island or maybe ellis island and maybe the statue of liberty but yeah, those i'm like eh it's okay those are big touristy attractions i don't consider myself a tourist i would just go there and i'm like i'm here to be a part of the town to eat and drink go to a broadway show maybe the only touristy thing we do but it is meant for a broadway days show isn't really touristy i mean that's but it's what everybody does. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to go see a show. I will say, everybody
2: one of, does that. One of the things I disagree with, with Keith on is that I personally, and that's just me, I loved dealing with all the New York-y people on the streets. How? Um, because a, they're not used to people talking to them. So if, oh, you, yeah. if, you, if you just mm-hmm. stop, mm-hmm. I remember stopping looking at a window at a store and some you know another guy stopped and he's looking in the same window and I, hey- that's pretty, you know, but whatever it was. Oh, I know. I, I remember what it was now, but it doesn't, it's unimportant to the story. And he looked at me like, are you talking to me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's next? Do you ask me for my wallet? Right. What's the
2: next thing here? <laughs> and then I get hollered at. I loved the getting hollered at from homeless mentally oh, people yeah. at the train like station. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I I really, I, I've, I love that. Uh-huh. You know, hey, bro, you got to smoke? No, I'm out. Oh! Oh, you are you won't give a, You won't give a black man a cigarette? And he just starts screaming around Penn Station, and you know, it's fantastic.
3: I love that. It, it's being in a Penn Station. Did you ever have the pleasure of stepping, literally having to step over people on that stairwell oh, yeah. as you? Cl- oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, oh. Yes.
3: Okay, so the chances of this happening to you uh-huh. may be small because it only happened to me. Twice confirmed in three years, okay? <laughs> confirmed human fecal matter, okay?
1: Where? So,
2: where?
3: On the street, uh, on the sidewalk of Manhattan. Uh,
2: okay. Mine was coming out of the subway, so you're, if you're not doing the subway, you're not going to catch okay. it. Okay, but Mine now I need to actually, watch my, my footing
1: uh-huh. on the streets. Okay, Mine yeah. was
3: actually on the corner where there's a church, so I mean, it's, there's nothing sacred there. And oh, oh, look out for the, tell him I said hi, the cannibal pigeon. What do you mean the cannibal pigeon? What are you talking about? <laughs> Because you know where uh, where Bloomberg cuts off that part of around Times Square used to be roads? No roads. And, yeah, and now it's all walkie McPestri- pedestrian even, stuff? Oh, it's even okay. worse
2: now because they've got the sidewalks and the bike lanes in the other streets. You haven't been up there since the bike lanes.
3: No, and I shan't mm-hmm. be going either. So um, there, there's, a, there's a pedestrian place where you can kind of cut through. It's very helpful for pedestrians walking yes, to and is. from Penn yes, Station. Boy, is. that really cuts down on the commute time, I'll tell you that. But I will never forget, and I stopped... And I could not believe what I saw. There's a picture somewhere. I'll have to find it. Oh, gosh. A pigeon was eating part of fried chicken Hmm. right there in the middle of Times Square. It's like a chicken wing that somebody had discarded on the ground. I mean, it is such a cutthroat island that even the birds eat birds. Keith. Yes.
2: Hmm? The bird was already dead. What's he supposed to do? Just let it lay on the and street. And
3: Who knew that pigeons were <laughs> carnivores, guys? Oh my God, they're That's sky a- rats.
2: What? Sky rats. Oh yeah. Se- I had no idea. Seagulls and pigeons. Sky rats.
3: Is that right? Okay, but you talked about it getting hot there. I hope it is not hot while you're there Memorial Day. Okay, because the reason I point that out is 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 the humidity mixed with the, stank. the city stank. Yes. Is hell on earth in of itself, oh, okay? Yeah. But then what you want to do is you couple in the fact of every now and then you'll get this random drop from above on a cloudless day, and you're like, WTF just fell on me. Did somebody just spit from the high rise?
0: Yeah,
2: I, yeah. yeah. that's what it is, spit.
3: <laughs> I, I, I assume it's from air conditioners, right? Window units?
2: Exactly what it is, Keith. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I don't what know it what is. it is, but it happened at least half a dozen times to me walking to and from, and I, every time I'm like, I've got to go find acid to burn off whatever just fell on me. I hmm, I will town. say when
1: I'm walking around town, I always get back to my hotel room and I always wash my hands. I'm Good. like these hands. I don't know where they've been today. Uh, I, I've been all over. I'm washing these I, several times. I, I would in fact uh, uh, wash more than that,
2: and I would also we'll uh, showers. I would it. also uh, bring a pair of shoes that are instinctively just Manhattan shoes. <laughs>
3: Yes, thank you. Oh, my gosh, you just made me remember something else, man. I used to tell my kids,
2: guys, we leave the shoes at the
3: door. We don't trek around the house in our yeah, shoes. No. We go to the city. No, no, no. We're stepping mm-hmm. on people's dung, you know, any other. And by the way, you better hope it doesn't rain there because then we just got these rivers of, you know, urban rivers of toxic flood. Uh, I do it.
2: I do it here in, in Texas, even I mean, I, when I wear a pair of tennis shoes into work. Yeah. But, I mean, I put other shoes on here that's a thing i started in new york yes. i bring a pair of shoes that, that i wear for you. the yeah i wear for the ride and the yeah. walk but shoes that in the office and stuff are different
1: shoes right and i see the shoes right over yeah. there that that is weird because shoes are shoes at least down here but of course that's why i was born and raised here i didn't live in new york i've never had this experience and all these traumatic events that keith mm-hmm. is going off on about so, interesting. Uh, Jeffy? I'm only there for a matter of days, not I know. months it, it, and it, years. It gone. Gone. You have to fight
2: through Have some fun, to it. make sure that when, you know, the the lady down on 44th 43rd. and
3: 6th. 43rd. Maybe it was 43rd. Yeah, talk about the lady with the food?
2: No. No. Oh. There's another. So the the 43rd. The so it'd be 42nd. 42nd and 6th. Right around the corner. Um, she usually sits there and begs for money. She's got a couple of the different cups out there for money. And if she says, hey, could you help me out? And you say, no, not today. F you! <laughs> <laughs> Can't help me today!
1: <laughs> you can have, I love it's those Well you people. don't respond. Just I don't look. Look around, look up in the sky. And,
2: so and, and it,
3: it would be really, really stupid, hypothetically, if you got used to being able to work going and coming, or doing work right, in, right, right. in your commute. It would be really stupid if you moved to a place where you're driving and you tried to get work done in the car. That would hypothetically be asinine.
2: It would. And that would also make a driverless car sound that much better. Mm-hmm.
3: So, it's amazing where you can, just as a completely so. unrelated topic, it's amazing what you can copy and paste with a thumb. With one hand on the wheel. Again, not connected to what we're discussing, it's all hypotheticals.
1: Just a side note.
3: Side note, yeah.
1: So have you
2: mastered driving with your knees?
3: I'm sorry. What?
2: No, 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 no. It's one hand. No,
3: I'm talking hypothetical stuff. What are you doing? I
2: know. I you're used still to drive. You're applying this hand. to me. I used to have an uncle who used to be able to drive with with uh, drive Both a knees. tractor
1: with his knees. A tractor. What was he doing with his hands?
3: <laughs> they didn't have smartphones back then. We want to know what was he doing. Oh,
2: you don't want to help a brother. <laughs>
3: Ah, oh, uh, so have we accomplished everything? Are you still uh, I going? I think we have. Yeah, we're y- still you're going. You're still
1: going? But we're going we're gonna to wrap it up now because, okay. you know, I think it's time for me to get to New York and enjoy my vacation yeah. while the rest of you stay here and relive the memories of New York Oof, that over was, and over.
3: That was therapeutic, actually. I think, oh, it was. I think this was good. Okay, good. This was good for me to, 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 do
1: this. to do this. Well, to find more for Bonfire, always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and then bonfirethoughts.com. Well, we always have protesters in New York City. Bonfire! Apparently there are some here in Dallas. (laughs) Dot com!
3: Uh, Where's the whistle? He just loses
0: so much. No more. The Bonfire. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.